at the end of the day, what does all this mean for Milliken? Yeah, I'd probably just summarize it in three points. First, you know, cash is king. So second, I'd say. Hey there, Team Milliken. Welcome to Milliken for Everyone, the podcast designed to give you a better understanding of all things Milliken. I'm your host, Betsy Sikma, and today we're gonna talk about the cash conversion cycle. What is it? What does it mean for Milliken? How can you, as an associate, help the company perform well in this area? It's a complex topic, and here to help us understand it are David Smart, Executive Vice President and CFO of Milliken, and Matt Gilreath, CFO of Milliken's Textile Division. Welcome to our first Milliken for Everyone podcast. Well, thanks. Yeah, thank you for having us. All right, let's dive right in. David, this question's for you. What is cash flow? Well, Betsy, cash flow is really simple from a conceptual basis. It's the money that comes into the company less the money that goes out. So you want more money coming in than goes out. So that's where it's simple. It gets a little more complex when we try to operationalize it for a business like ours. So, but we, we focus on cash flow because a positive cash flow is the lifeblood of a company. It allows us to invest in new products, invest in innovation, provide dividends to our shareholders. It allows us to reward our associates. So having positive cash flows really considered one of the most important metrics in business. And ultimately, it really is that, that fuel that powers our mission, vision, and values. So when we think about cash flow, we think about it in terms of free cash flow. And not that it's free, but all that means is the cash flow we generate from running our businesses, from uh, buying inventory, converting that, and selling that, is less the capital expenditures we have to make in the business to fund future growth. So the free cash flow is that cash flow from operations, cash flow from doing what we do, less uh, our capital expenditures. So basically, it's the money that we have after we've paid all our bills and fulfilled all of our obligations. Is that? That's right. Just like at home, you want to make sure that you're able to uh, use the money you get from working, paying all your bills, and then having some left over. That's great. Okay, so how's Milliken doing on cash flow these days? Yeah, well, that's interesting, Betsy. Despite having a record year in terms of both sales and our prime profit metric called operating EBIT, we actually had negative free cash flow in 2022. A lot of things happened in 2022, but that negative free cash flow was really driven by an increase in working capital. So now we gotta say, what's working capital, right? We keep getting more deeper into it, but working capital is really the amount of money we have to invest in the business to run it. So it's the inventory we purchase, it's the receivables that we have from our, our customers where we give them time to pay us for that, uh, that uh, product that we ship to them. And it's less the amount of time that our suppliers give us to pay their information. So that's the working capital or networking capital. And that really took a hit in 2022. Our inventories went up and they went up because of inflation that we've all talked about. They also went up because we had these supply chain disruptions and so we were trying to make sure that we had enough inventory to satisfy our customers and fulfill our customer orders, but we put in a lot more inventory to do that. And so all that inventory or networking capital 
uh, meant that we had negative cash flow in 2022. And that's something that we never want to have, right? That's right. That's right. It's, it hasn't really been something that we've had in our history before. Okay. Okay. So taking it even a level deeper, I've heard you talk about the three C's several times this year, but I will tell you, I am no expert. Um, can you just break it down for me? Tell me what is cash conversion cycle? So <clears throat> in its simplest terms, cash conversion cycle really measures how fast that working capital is turning over. Okay. Uh, and it does it in days. And, and, and David did a great job of talking about why working capital. But one thing, you know, I'd want everybody to kind of think about is I think most people know that CapEx or buying equipment, new equipment to invest in our business is an investment, right? And we do that every year. And CapEx is? Capital expenditures. Thank you. <laughs> right? So, so again, that's part of cash flow. It's not something we're focused on today. Uh, the reason is, yes, we manage our capital expenditure budget. But if you think about working capital, that's also an investment in our business, right? That's cash we're putting in our business to be able to service our customers. Working capital at this company is about three times the size of our capital expenditure oh, budget. Wow. Okay. So it is the biggest piece that we've got to go to work on. So to get more into your question about cash conversion cycle, right? David was kind of walking through it a minute ago. Um, any business, right? You buy stuff. You make it into other stuff, and then you sell that stuff to your customers. And if, if you're good at it right, your customers are going to want to buy it. Um, and so if you kind of walk through it, we buy raw materials from our suppliers. We also pay our associates to come into our plants and, and turn those raw materials into products, right? Well, on average, we have to pay those bills for the raw materials and our labor in about 30 to 40 days. Okay. Okay, so that is actually positive, right? They're getting free cash for 30, 30 to 40 days. So when we talk about cash conversion cycle, that becomes a negative. However, we hold about 110 to 120 days worth of inventory. So meaning from the time that hits my dock until I've got a product ready sh to ship to my customer, it's taken about 120 days is today. That, is that That's normal? Long. Okay, it's a long um, time. Okay. Now every business is different. Every business has a different cash conversion cycle, but relative to our peers, we're not as good. Okay. Um, and then if you look at our customers, they pay us in, in 40 to 60 days on average, right? So now I've, even once I ship the good, I'm waiting another 40 to 60 days until I collect it. So if you add your inventory days, plus your receivables days, and then subtract your payables days, the free days you got from your supplier, that tells you your cash conversion cycle. And in 2022, we were about 20 days off from our, our competition, right? So we go look and benchmark our competition. They were about 20 days better. 20 um, days faster? Correct. Is that right? Okay. 20 days faster. Okay. So in other words, we're 20 days slower right. than our competition. That's Which not means good. we're tying up more cash and don't have it as free cash flow where we can invest it back in the business. Okay. I think I understand this. So all that said, what can we do to improve cash conversion cycle and, as I understand it, cut down on those 20 days? I think the biggest opportunity we have at Millican really is on our days of inventory, okay. right? So we have long-standing relationship with customers and how they pay us. One, we need to make sure they pay us on time. 
but renegotiating their terms would be really hard. We are making a push to renegotiate terms with our suppliers and, and get longer terms as far as I can pay them later. Okay. But we have a lot of inventory. As we talked about, you said that, hey, that 120 days seems like a lot. You know, the best thing we can really do is drive down our inventories to an efficient level. So I got to have the goods to be able to ship it to my customer, no doubt. But how do I how do I increase my cycle times, make them go through my plants faster? How can I hold less buffer stocks, maybe make my vendors hold it for me? There's a lot of different ways you can affect the metric, but ultimately I think our biggest opportunity at Millican is to, to lower our inventories. To lower our inventories, okay. Yeah, and Betsy, it's, it's important to remember that it's, it's the Goldilocks phenomenon in inventories. You, want, you don't want too much because then we have to pay for that inventory that doesn't generate any revenue, but you don't want too little and miss sales, right? Because the number one driver of cash flow, not cash conversion cycle, but cash flow is profitably growing the business. Right. So the inventory question is really about becoming more efficient and finding that Goldilocks, not too much, not too little. Not too much, not too little. Well, can you give us some examples of sort of what gets us to that Goldilocks moment? What drives us, maybe start with what drives us in the wrong direction, and then maybe some examples of, you know, actions that drive us in the right direction. Uh, sure. Uh, so, product complexity is a is a very interesting one, right? Um, if I can have multiple end products that come from, call it the same intermediate step, I only need to hold my inventory at that intermediate step, and then I can make differences in the product. So to go to a real example that people will understand, textiles, we dye into colors. Yeah. Well, if it can all be the same base fabric that then gets turned into colors, I can hold my inventory in base fabric, not in, in dyed goods. I see, so you would sort of wait until the orders come in mm -hmm. to make them dyed goods or, or something to that effect. So hold it um, in a place where it's a little bit more generic until you know the specific need that you're going to have. Correct. Okay. Another would be cycle time, right? So if it takes me five weeks to dye that good into a color, if I could reduce that to four weeks, I now immediately need to hold less inventory because I actually can get it through the plant in a faster and more efficient way. So cycle time is another great one uh, when it comes to reducing inventory that our PIs and our plants uh, could be working on. And, and one of the other ways it's probably the most basic is to pay less for our inventory. Mm. So negotiating better better prices with our suppliers is a way to reduce that level. And it's it's kind of a double whammy. Number one, you your inventory's levels go down, but your profitability goes up on, on that unit you sell. And we know there's a concerted effort across all the divisions now to try to uh, improve our purchase prices. Mm. And, and if I take the flip side of that? Yeah hold your prices with your customers while you do it because then you become even more profitable, right? And profitable growth, as David said, um, is, the, is the quickest way to improve your cash. I'm guessing that one's a little bit of a, a, a tougher nut to crack, though, given I'm sure some of our suppliers are dealing with the same issues that we are, inflation, et cetera. Is that something that we see success doing, trying to negotiate those, um, the costs from suppliers? We do, and as inflation has started to recede, you know, it's incumbent upon us to be uh, on the front foot with our suppliers and negotiate those savings back into our, 
our costs or the prices they charge to us. And you will see this year, uh, Betsy, that we've actually roughly doubled the amount of cost reductions we're trying to achieve uh, throughout the company uh, related to raw material purchases and then the processing of, of the raw material. Okay, so this is a big chunk of the plan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Incredible. Um, all right, so I think I understand at least on a basic level, how this is op operationalized within a plant and how we're sort of looking to speed up that cycle. I don't work in a plant. I'm in marketing. Um, I, I know most of our associates do work um, directly in production, but I guess my question is, how can your everyday associate, regardless of where they are in the company, contribute to this huge effort that the company is taking on this year. What can we do to help with cash conversion cycle? Well, I think we, we broke it down to, say, if you said in as simple as terms as possible, be more profitable and be more efficient, right, with, with the use of cash. So if I'm a sales associate, my goal in any year is to have my product make more money than it did in the in the prior year, right? So if, if I'm going after and chasing that just like I always would, mm -hmm. that's helping cash flow. Um, you know, one thing I could think about as a sales associate would be, you know, how am I staying up with my customer forecast? Mm. The ability to forecast and know that I'm making the right product uh, is absolutely crucial to the Goldilocks inventory because yeah. if I go build a bunch of inventory I didn't need, then then I didn't hit the Goldilocks method, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I think still with the within the plants, right? Uh, to me, it's it's still that focus on cycle time, um, fighting back excess. So learn, you know, if I see some goods piling up over there, why are we asking the questions for? hey, why do we have this much showing up on our dock? Yeah. Uh, and should we start cutting off purchase orders, right? Yeah, and uh, you won't be surprised that I'm going to ask this question uh, as a communications professional, but it seems like communication is going to be essential just between all of the different parties at Milliken that are working on things. So, for example, um, with your salesperson who is trying to forecast what products are going to be purchased, they're going to need to be in good communication with the folks who are um, running operations and, and actually, you know, doing the production. Is that right? Absolutely. So at a company with four divisions and 8,000 associates around the globe, how are we facilitating that, you know, good communication and connectivity throughout the company? Well, well the, the, you want to the, say that one? Yeah, there's a couple, <laughs> couple of ways. We've invested in systems and processes called integrated business planning. Okay. And so uh, our divisions are working on the process to make sure that they get the right forecast, that forecast information gets to, uh, gets to the operations group, and then we make the right stuff. So that's still a work in progress. I think all the divisions are at a bit different point on their journey. Uh, but we definitely have active efforts in integrated business planning. So what you plan is consistent with what you need, and then you make what you need. And then I think there's communication also uh, through all the groups. So, for example, uh, for something we haven't talked about, our, our suppliers, if their payable terms to us aren't competitive or aren't consistent with their other customers, mm. then we want to go negotiate better terms, whether that's the corporate group that buys indirect 
or the divisions that buy the raw material. We want to have competitive terms. And similarly, though it's, it's not always easy for our customers, uh, we want to make sure that the, the terms we offer them are competitive as well and that we're able to uh, have that, that uh, cash conversion cycle compress with, with better terms on both sides of that equation. And we have whole groups that are working on initiatives around uh, improving those terms as well. But you need that communication back to your, your division partners or uh, the, the, the people that are working with the commercial relationship with, with the customers or, or with the uh, suppliers. Yeah, absolutely. Customer experience seems like a big part of this too. Yeah. So, um, just out of curiosity, so you said that our cash conversion cycle is on average how many days? Uh, it's on average about 120 days. 120 days. So, what is the ideal? What are we shooting for? Well, it, we like I said, we benchmarked our competitors, mm -hmm. um, and theirs is on average 100 days, mm -hmm. right? So, one, you would say. I want to at least be as good as my competition, right? Uh, so you start saying, I want to shoot for 100. Uh, and then from there, you start to really analyze and see how good you can make it. Yeah. I mean, my answer would be, I'd like it to be as little as possible. Uh, but, it, but at some point, there's a natural balance where it says, I need this much inventory to service my customers. Yeah, so. that makes sense. It's that Goldilocks approach. Yeah. Perfect. Um, well, we are almost out of time. I'm just going to ask you one more question. At the end of the day, what does all this mean for Millikan? You've told us what it all what it all means, sort of individually, but big picture, what does this mean for the company? Yeah, I'd probably just summarize it in three points. First, you know, cash is king. We've heard that, but it's true. We must generate strong, free cash flow uh, to fulfill our mission, vision, and values. So, second, I'd say the most important way we can't lose sight of is to generate profitable growth. So without profitable sales, there's just no positive cash flow. So our competitive gap, as we've talked about, is our management of working capital. So we are putting additional emphasis on that using this metric called cash conversion cycle. And if we address that, I think that we'll have a huge turnaround this year in cash flow. That's fantastic. Well, guys, we are at time. I've taken too much of your time today. Thank you for joining. Uh, it's a great pleasure to have you both and, and have you unpack something that uh, I knew very little about before today. So All thank right. You. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, David and Matt, for sharing your expertise and helping me and a lot of other folks out there understand the cash conversion cycle. To our incredible team of associates across the globe, thanks for listening to Millikan for Everyone. This has been a Marketing Center of Excellence production. Justin Berrios is our producer. Alan Jenkins provides our content. And once again, I'm Betsy Sigma. Stay safe, Millikan, and remember, we can make a positive impact that will last generations, and we'll do it together. <laughs>